This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back for another OG Show Live. Mr. Randall, how you doing? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down... Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for News. Hi, boys and girls. Welcome to once again the Bass Cag and Beers. Brother, this is the final cast. Another segment of uh, Chasing the Tide, your saltwater connection on the Paladin. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Feather and Fur, your host. Welcome back to the Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal. Hey, welcome back to Off the Water. You here with Adventures of Outdoor Woman Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Rusty Hook Kayak Fishing Podcast. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, go to eastport.info. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs here on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I am your host, Sean Lavery. Um, my co-host, Susie, is uh, not feeling great tonight, so she's going to be uh, recuperating. Um, we'll probably see her again next week. I got another show lined up for next week, but uh, for tonight, I'm going to be flying solo. So thank you guys for tuning in. I hope uh, everybody's had some time to get out on the water. Uh, the fall bite is... Uh, is happening right now for a lot of people across the country. Uh, I know I've been out a little bit. Um, haven't seen numbers, but uh, size-wise, I'm doing great. I had a 19 and a half yesterday, um, so super happy uh, about that. And I hope you guys are uh, and uh, ladies are out uh, on the water. Uh, you know, trying your luck as well. I know uh, the best fishing for noobs uh, kind of season championship is happening. So good luck to the guys who are out uh, fishing that. Uh, but uh, all that being said. Uh, um, Tonight, uh, we're going to welcome back a guest uh, that we had on about a year ago, I think. Um, and uh, when I initially reached out to him, I had asked uh, Brian uh, uh, O.G. Schiller about uh, someone I could have on 
to talk spinnerbait fishing because at the time I was looking to do a, a spinnerbait episode. Um, and uh, through whatever reason, uh, going back and forth, uh, it took me a while to uh, connect with uh, tonight's guest um, to get him on. And by that time, I had recorded a spinnerbait episode with somebody else. But he was nice enough and come, to come on and do a frogging episode with me. Um, but I kind of kept it in the back of my mind that I always wanted to pick his brain about uh, spinnerbait fishing because, again, it's still something that uh, I don't have a lot of confidence in. But um, uh, we're going to try and fix that tonight uh, and see uh, if uh, what what kind of juice we can get and um, figure out what the heck I'm doing wrong because I've heard from so many people that uh, spinnerbaits are uh, an amazing tool and I just. Uh, don't have a lot of confidence in them. Um, and uh, like, I remember if you guys remember back in the day when we had Jody Queen on after he won the Susquehanna event, he uh, told me exactly what he used. And it, it is this spinnerbait right here. He said, it's the War Eagle uh, mouse color. And he even told me the size of the blades to switch to. And uh, I took it out through it for probably two weeks after that and caught one fish on it. And I was like, what the heck? So obviously if Jody Queen can do it and I'm not doing it, throwing the exact same thing is that I'm doing something wrong. So uh, we're going to try and rectify that tonight and uh, see if I can uh, learn a little bit. So all that being said, I'd like to welcome back Tyler Thede to the show. Welcome back, sir. Hey, thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for coming on. I know it's kind of last minute um, uh, trying to get people uh, scheduled and, you know, uh, that's always uh, an exciting uh, adventure sometimes. And, oh, yeah. Uh, but, but I appreciate uh, you being willing to come on and come on on a short notice and, and help me out here. But uh, again, super happy to welcome you back. And uh, how, how have things been? Uh, been going good. Haven't been getting out fishing as much as I'd like this year. I went out a lot early season this summer, had some health and family and work stuff going on, getting out once in a while, but hoping to get out in the fall bites. So this is good timing to talk spinner baits, my favorite then- fall bite. Bait. that that's awesome because and that's exactly kind of why i uh was looking back through the list and i i, I happened to look back at our, at our chat uh before the last time we recorded and we were talking about spinnerbaits and i'm like hey you know i i've heard that fall is a great time for spinnerbaits um yes. so that that sounds like it would be good so um I'm, I'm trying to think of where to start. Like, I, obviously, I think the reason from what I understand uh, why spinnerbaits are good in the fall is because the uh, bait fish are starting to kind of school up. And, and mm-hmm. you know, this sometimes imitates a school of fish or a tiny little school of fish, I guess. And yeah, a- absolutely. So it's really two. It's really two things. So it's the bait fish, like you said. And then the bass are starting to see, feel the temperature drop, especially up here in Wisconsin. We've gotten down to 20 degrees several nights, you know, the last week. They start to kind of do the fall feed. And, and the difference with fall is those bass will not waste energy on small baits. You know, you have, you have your smaller baits. They're not going to go after it. They're only going to expend their en- energy after bigger bait fish, bigger schools of fish. So, so spinner baits are perfect for that really for two reasons. I mean, this is my hands down favorite spinnerbait right here, color and all. So this is a half ounce head and then it's got a Colorado and a willow blade on it. So when you pair up a Colorado and willow, it puts a lot of vibration out in the water. Plus this is, I mean, it's a half ounce, so it's big. And this, this same um, spinnerbait is the one that I've caught both my PBs, largemouth and smallmouth on. Um, my 
largemouth of six pounds, which is pretty impressive for Wisconsin. And my um, small mouth, I didn't get a weight on it, but it was 21 inches. Did either um, of those uh, spinnerbaits survive that attack? <laughs> oh, yes, they did. So, so this is the other thing. Um, a lot of people always ask me because I used to guide. Now I quit guiding. I have too much going on. But I, I volunteer with Wisconsin Heroes Outdoors, taking veterans first responders out. In every single one of those tackle boxes, even when I guided now with the veterans, has spinnerbaits in it. And they said, well, I, I'm going to buy some spinnerbaits to to bring them like okay well what should i get and you can get 15 20 spinner baits that are made out of like tungsten it'll last forever however i've seen this happen you get it stuck in a tree and it's snagged and break your line that tungsten is not going to help you right <laughs> so, <laughs> so i actually my hands down favorite spinner bait is the northland tackle reed runner 2 in fire tiger this exact color Okay. Um, I do have other colors. There's a crawfish, which is like an orange and yellow that works well and has gold blades. There's a black and a white. I, this is like my go-to. This is like my Swiss army. And if it's not working, I might switch the colors up. But what I liked about theirs is one, they're here up by me. They're in Minnesota across the river here. Um, two, they're not terribly expensive. So I've, I've hauled in tons of fish on these and I think I've only broke two of them maybe wow. like that's uh, yeah impressive. yeah and, and typically what what they break from is if i get a pike or something it'll bend this wire here and after you bend it so many times eventually it'll just break but i mean thousands and thousands and i run 50 pound braid on my spinner bait rod so i i horse that thing <laughs> okay. so i am okay. i am hard on them <laughs> um you, you just need to make sure with the northlands on the hooks they send they put um plastic sleeves on the hooks at the store mm -hmm. um to make sure people don't stab themselves and you have to take that off because <laughs> i've <laughs> i've missed so many fish on a new spinner bait i'm like what the heck is going on I'm, oh the plastic tubes on the hook is useless so <laughs> i guess that would be good if you were like pre-fishing a tournament and didn't want to hook them and just well, to find them but well in that i've actually it's funny you mentioned that when i was guiding for hire i actually used to leave them on and use these as search baits for customers, those and frogs. I just reel frogs really fast to get, you know, fish to bite. But I would actually do that to, to as like a seek bait and be like, cast over there and reel in and off you go. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So um, I guess we'll start. Uh, uh, one good thing I, or where to start would be um, we'll talk about the difference in blades because I know that's mm. an important thing with spinner baits. Um, and you, yes. the one you met, the one you held up actually is a good uh good demonstration of that because it has both well mm -hmm. i guess there's a couple different kinds there's the colorado and the uh, willow blade and then kind of like an indiana which is like a mix of the two i guess yes yes and i i don't use an indiana i i have three versions i use so what i what i use for my clients when i used to guide and for the the veterans because the problem with these big spinner baits, like my favorite one, I use a bait caster with 50 pound braid on it as my spinning rod or my spinner bait rod. And the combination of willow, willow down here and Colorado up here, it makes a heavy thump in the water. Like you can feel it pull. And, and that's what I love about this blade set on a kayak. If it, as long as it's not windy, there's enough pull on this that I can actually kind of steer my kayak with just reeling in the bait. Okay. Um, 
the good thing is that makes a lot of vibration, a lot of noise, especially in the muddy waters up here in Wisconsin that have a ton of farm field runoff. Um, it, it really helps because you've got sight and sound for the fish, plus the feeling of vibration. What I use for my my clients when I used to guide, and I, this is what I have in our, our veterans tackle boxes for Wisconsin Heroes Outdoors. This is just a single Colorado blade. So the problem people have is if you do a willow Colorado combo on a spinning rod, it's a lot because the way that spinning rods wind and so they're not like a winch to pull, they wind around. So any heavy bait like that is, is tough. So a single Colorado, this is exactly what I use for, for clients and veterans because they're usually more comfortable with spinning gear. This, this still has the, the size and the presence. It's, pro, it's not as much vibration or flash in the water, but it, it, it doesn't, you know, your arm doesn't fall asleep trying to reel that in. Now it's interesting because I always thought I always thought uh, that the Colorado provided more thump than the willow, and it by itself it's less than the willow Colorado combo, but and it's actually less. This is what the other one I have is a double willow. It's about equal, maybe a, a tad less than this double willow. This is made by James Gang Fishing Company here in uh, nearby in Eau Claire. Um, this is kind of my bites tough i need something the fish haven't seen before and this you can actually use on spinning gear with even a double willow because it's not it's something about how the colorado made it up made it up with a willow just makes a lot of vibration but if you you put the same blade together the if you had two colorados it would definitely be you know more thump than two willows but you know a single colorado and a double willow is pretty pretty similar at least you know, in my experience. Gotcha. And I know I have, um, this was uh, uh, a very similar one. Juan Verut, who used to guide on the Susquehanna, uh, mm-hmm. had told me about this one. Um, this color in particular, it's black with a black blade. Um, mm-hmm. Now the blade on this one isn't black anymore because I kind of wore the paint off of it, <laughs> trying it. But um, he, uh, that was one he swore by. And I do like uh, that single, uh, single Colorado blade because I felt like I, I mm-hmm. had more feeling with it, like, and yes. more control a little bit about yep. uh, where I kind of could feel better where in the wallet water column it was. So, yeah. And that's, that's really critical with, with folks. Cause I I've taken a lot of folks out guiding that just, they're just like you, like I have no confidence in spinner baits. That's like my go-to by, by all means. I have one tied off all year round. You know, we were on about frogs before when the water hits 60, I have a frog on as well, but I always have a spinner bait on and I tell people try different blade combinations because for me, the Willow Colorado combo on the Reed Runner twos that provides the most thump. So I can, I can feel it everywhere. And I, I can really, like you said, I can tell where it is in the water column, but then like the single Colorado, I, I hate it because I can hardly, you know, I can hardly feel it. Whereas, a lot of the people that I guide prefer it, especially on spinning gear, because it's not as, as rough. The, the main thing you need to, people need to remember is when you cast, cast this out, you know, your blades are going to flip all around, your skirt's going to flip all around. The first thing that I do after I cast this is I give it a yank, and then you'll immediately feel those blades down your line spinning. You always have to get it a, a, give it a yank to get those blades out of weeds, line, skirt whatever 
and feel that thumb with you know no matter what blade you use just to get that that spinning motion otherwise it's useless right it's just flopping in the the water okay uh, and there's been times I, I where i've felt like i'm like what's going on it doesn't feel mm -hmm. like it and that's why yep. so it's just like a, a rod pop or uh exactly or a, okay yeah just a pop like a little like a half a hook set just to get that that blade spinning because that gets that flash going even in the inline spinners I use from James Gang Fishing Company. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Same thing, you know. If I use a MEPS, even, I, I it's just a like a muscle memory. You give it a, a yank, a pop, and that gets that blade spinning because it it's, gets tangled up in the skirt, line, other stuff when you cast it every time. Well, most times. Right. But. No, no, and and I, you know, I, I can echo that too. Even with inline spinners, there's definitely times where I almost mm -hmm. thought the spinner uh, it was defective. Cause I'm like, this right. just isn't spinning right. You know, mm -hmm. um, you can almost mm -hmm. even feel just by the resistance on the, on the, as you're reeling, you know, whether it's, you know, spinning or just being drugged through the water, you know? It, exactly. And, and it is different based on what you have as far as real line rod. I have like a medium action rod that I made myself for my spinning uh, spinner bait rod with a, a decent reel. And I use 50 pound braid, so I can pretty much feel everything. But if, if you're having a hard time feeling it, just, you know, switch out the blades or get a different one with a different blade combo. Because, like, Northland's Reed Runner 2 with the Willow Colorado combo, that's my favorite, like I said. You, you can get a smaller version that's not quite half an ounce. I think, I can't remember what they go down to. But I, I try to give folks, when I'm guiding, ones that they can feel. Um, and it, it varies based on what they're using for tackle, but... That way, when you give it the yank, you can feel that resistance, and eventually you'll kind of get that that muscle memory saying, oh, something's not right here, um, which which helps with your your hook set percentage too, right? Because if you, oh, something's not right here, I, you can, I can tell if a, like, if it's a pike or a bass hitting my spinnerbait. I can tell if they're grabbing the skirt or if they're hitting the blades or if they're hitting the hook just because I've used it so much. It, it's just, I don't know, it's like an extension of my body. Right. So. <laughs> no, that's and I I kind of have that feeling with crankbaits. Like I can tell mm -hmm. when what I'm feeling is grass that I'm snagging on versus a bite. And at right. first I couldn't. I I hook set on everything, you know. And mm -hmm. um, yep. now I know at least what grass feels like, and I know oh okay, I can just kind of pop that through and you mm -hmm. know kind of go from there. Um, well, and it's funny you mention that because I was really bad with crankbaits like five years ago. Um, I couldn't I, I had no confidence i had problems um i i actually watched a podcast fishing with phil um he he got me onto him and now i'm not as good with them as i am spinner based but i'm i was the same way when i started i was fishing you know on the mississippi backwaters here in my local reservoir and i was hook setting everything well now if a spinner bait doesn't work then i go to a crankbait depending on my water depth i'll do different you know size lips and stuff so it, you know, spinnerbait's my go-to, crankbait's my second. So I, I would think for people confident with crankbaits, they could kind of go that pattern. 
just to build their confidence level. Hey, crankbait's not working. Let me try a spinnerbait. So, uh, yeah, no, and I, I, that's where I'm hoping to get, but we'll see. Because hmm. um, I feel like, um, whereas a crankbait, um, it's going to run at the depth that it's made to run, you know, mm-hmm. based on, like you said, uh, bill size and stuff. And that's where um, a spinnerbait is a little more uh, multi- or versatile bait because yes. you can kind of choose what part of the water column you're going to run it in, right? It, exactly. And what I found too is if like the double willow that I have, it runs shallower than the willow Colorado the Colorado runs even deeper. So what I'll do is I, I typically put it on a faster reel, like a seven one and I'll reel it a little faster if I want it up higher. Like if it's, if the water, if the top water is not working, if it's too cold for top water, I'll run it a little higher in the water column if that's where the fish are at. But then I'll use a heavier spitter bait, like the half ounce with the, the two blades and reel it slower. Um, Actually, in the spring, I use a, a slower reel, a lower gear ratio, because I have a ten- I have no patience. I have a, I have ADD, so I have a tendency just to burn it. So I'll run a slower reel, like in the spring when the fish are slower. But then, yeah, you can. I mean, you can use a spinner bait essentially in place of a jig, but it's got more flash. I've done that in the fall where I fish ledges. I toss it out in 20 foot of water, you know, count to 15, let it sink, or watch my line go slack, and kind of pop it and just keep popping it up like a jig but then the blade flash just adds more presence to get those bigger fish that aren't willing to expend that or waste that extra energy knowing that they have to reserve it for the winter it gets them to bite interesting and and there's a couple of things to unpack there uh one of the thing the main things is um weight and uh, i was always Mm -hmm. curious about that you know i have um tiny little ones um like jig masters are one of our show sponsors uh, where is it? Uh, they have a really cool little one that I thought was going to crush for smallmouth. And uh, I, I, like I said, just with everything else I have, I, I, I just didn't make it work. But uh, yeah. that one, I think, is a quarter ounce. Uh, okay. couple, oh, here it is. Um, so it's little. Yeah. Um, and it actually has uh, – I thought this was going to be smallmouth money. You know, because it reminded me of the inline spinner, which I was having luck at the, with mm-hmm. at the time. And I was like, this is going to kill it, you know, and yeah. but nothing. And um, so but so how do you determine weight size? Because, you know, it, they range from, you know, these little ones. I'm sure there's ones that are less than that uh, mm-hmm. all the way up to three quarters. Uh, I'm sure there's ounce ones, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can go to, I, I can't remember the biggest one that Northland makes, but it's like an ounce and a half or two ounces. It's a musky spinnerbait. <laughs> so 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 those little ones, like the one you showed, like I would use that for crappie around okay. here. Um, okay. Crappie would love that. What I have found with bass is, yes, this, you know, this quarter ounce that, that I use for guiding, this quarter ounce with a single Colorado will work for, for largemouth and smallmouth. However, even in the summer, especially smallmouth, if you're moving water, they're ambush pred- you know, predators, right? And they're constantly dealing with current. They need to be smart with energy versus consumption. So what I found, even largemouth are the same way, just not quite as extreme. They're a little less picky. But the bigger they are, the more likely you are to get big fish to bite because they see that size. They see that presence. They feel that thump in the water. It's just, it takes some getting used to for people not used to using 
you know, baits that big with that much pull. I mean, you use crankbait, so it probably wouldn't be that big of a transition, but half ounce Willow Colorado combo, hands down, I've caught, I've caught my PB largemouth and smallmouth on, on those, um, on that size. Um, in the river, I was actually using a black um, skirt at the time. I kind of, I was just kind of switching it up just for some contrast in the water, but bigger is better until you get past a half ounce. Like I had an ounce, uh, one of the Northland ones, that's a musky spinnerbait. I threw it and it just, my arm would just ache <laughs> and it was, pull, it was pulling my kayak too much. And it's like, <laughs> eh. I've caught 40 plus inch pike on this half ounce double one too. I, I love pike fishing. I'm a weird bass fisherman that also likes to catch pike, especially in the kayak. But like that, the sweet spot for me, if you can get used to it, it's a little much for spinning gear, but half ounce, two blade, mixing the two is, has, has been hands down my, my best uh, producer. Okay. And um, usually on those mixed ones, um, the, the Colorado blade is, on the bottom and the willow blades on the top would it ever make a difference to i I, i'm assuming you want the bigger blade on the top i i that's how mine are set up and that's the other thing is people are like oh i have a spinner bait um what should i swap the blades out to what should i put on for a trailer what should i do for this that and the other thing this is stock like i've never ever swapped a blade on a spinner bait I've anytime I put a trailer like a twisty tail on the on the hook, I've had nothing but problems. The only time I have modified, I think people tend to overthink it, but but this configuration has worked well for me. Maybe it'd be better if I tweaked it, but if it ain't broke, don't fix it. The right. only time I've modified modified this spinner bait is if the if the fish are short hitting and grabbing the skirt because they're kind of lethargic in the the summer heat. I'll put a trailer hook on it, but I hate even doing that because then it stakes more weeds and stuff. So that is the only modification I've done to a spinner bait. I know some people are like, oh, you have to put a trailer on or otherwise it won't work. You have to switch the blades. I've done either of those and it's my best bait hands down. Okay. Right. Um, that, that, that was a lot of things too there uh, that I was going to ask you about uh, mm-hmm. trailer trailers and trailer hooks. Um, I've heard people swear by trailer hooks. I have the stuff to do them, but I've never, mm-hmm. never tried it because um, I wasn't getting bit to begin with. I'm like, I don't think it's that I'm missing bites. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just not getting bit. So. Well, and that, that's the thing. Like once you get used to using the spinner bait, then you get more bites and you can tell, like I said, I, I can tell when, where they're hitting on the bait just because I use it so much. That's when I use a trailer hook. I just, it's kind of a, you know, last ditch effort if if i'm just missing fish missing assuming i took the plastic thing off of course but <laughs> it, it, it the the main thing with getting bit on spinner baits is a lot of people just throw them out and reel them in right i mean you can get away with that with crank baits because they they have their own action when you reel this you have to give it the jerk to get these blades spinning you know because they're going to be tangled up in weeds a skirt line whatever the other thing you have to do, and it's like muscle memory for me, is as you're reeling, you want to do a flip of the reel handle or just a, a you know, a tweak of the, the rod tip, depending on your preference. Because what that does is it makes the blade spin faster, so it'll set off more flash, and then the skirt will pulsate. 
because if you reel it in steady, the skirt just stays back like this. You know, just imagine water dripping down from a faucet on it. It just folds back. But if you yank it through the water, it'll it'll look more like bait fish. Because if you look at bait fish in the water, they don't just swim steady. They kind of have this pulsing, you know, sprinting action to them. So that is absolutely critical in getting a bite on a spinnerbait is, is mimicking that bait fish pulsating swimming action. Okay. And uh, are you just kind of varying uh, the timing between those pulses or, you know, is it, when you say it's muscle memory, is it burn, burn, pop, burn, 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 pop, burn, it's, burn? You know? Well, that's a good question. So it really depends. I tend, when I first go out for the day, I tend to just burn it and maybe give it a, you know, burn, 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 pop. And then if I'm not getting any bites, I'll slow it down. And that pop kind of makes me slow down. So I'll kind of just do a slow reel and a pop, slow reel, pop. I mix it up. It, I try to play with it to see what the fish are after because like, especially in the fall, my PB largemouth um, was actually, I cast it into a amb ambush spot in a pocket here at my local lake. And my line got all snarled around my sonar or something on my kayak. And I had to sit there for a minute and untangle it. And then I went to reel and it was on. Hmm. I thought I had a snag. So like in the fall and the spring, when the fish are slower, slower is better. That's why, I, you know, go to a slower reel and I'll probably do, instead of a burn, I'll do a slow reel and a pop, a slow reel and a pop, you know, something like that, just to, to get that flash, but keep it slow in the summer when they're really, feeding fast um you know i might go a little faster but in the river i go which i want to talk about how to use spinner baits in the river because that's a whole different ball game but i i have to go faster because of the current okay and i like because i i've heard that too where um you know some people are you know cast them out let them sink the whole way to the bottom let the mm -hmm. line go slack and then just slow crawl it along the bottom yes. just i mean even letting the blades hit the rocks and stuff yes. I, i've heard does good things um so um and it, it's tough for me to to get away from that because i'm i'm kind of the opposite of you i start off slow and then towards the end of the day when i know i only have so many casts left that's when i right. find myself going way <laughs> too get fast more casts in, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh the wife's texting me i gotta get a few more casts in <laughs> exactly that is when i am going way too fast and and that's why i hardly ever catch fish and that lasts you know whatever time sure. because I know I'm fishing way too fast. And well, and that's the nice thing about spinnerbaits is I am not a patient person. I have ADD. I mean, anyone you talk to that knows me well will say you're, you're not patient. Like I can't do, I've done it, but I can't do like wacky. I, I just can't do the finesse. I'm too, I cannot, <laughs> I do not have the patience. So spinnerbaits, because they have such a big presence, especially if you get the Willow Colorado combo and there's more vibration, more flash, I can get by with burning, you know, except in the early spring, late fall when fish are very slow because of the water temperature, you can actually catch fish burning. I've caught some, my best pike thinking that I had weeds on or something and I yank it out of there and I just burn it back and wham, they just smoke it. So I've, I've, I've caught enough fish right at the kayak, you know, on my reel back mm. just to cast again, to know that mm -hmm. every once in a while that's going to work. So it, exactly. Yeah, and the, the river, and the river is a little different. So we have here the Red Cedar River, the Chippewa River. Um, I actually got into spinnerbaits because I think it was about eight years ago. 
my wife's cousin, he took me on his um, boat up the Chippewa River. And I said, oh, sweet, we have a Cabela's in, on the other side of the border here in Woodbury, Minnesota. I'm like, I'm going to go get some crankbaits. I, get, I Googled like, because I hadn't small fish, smallmouth fished a lot. Google smallmouth fishing, use crankbaits, lipless, blah, blah, blah. I went to Cabela's, spent a hundred bucks. Like, all right, I'm ready to go. He goes, that's fine that you got all that stuff, but the current is so strong. The trolling motor is just used to dodge boulders. Like we have to go slow up the, he has to wait for the water to be up because the motor hits the bottom. We have to go slow. It takes like a 45 minutes to get up to where we start fishing. And it's like 15 minutes down. And he goes, if you're wow. using a bait caster, be good at it. Because if you get a snag, you're going to miss half the float. If you get a backlash, you'll miss half the float. So I threw spinner baits. But the main thing with spinner baits is a lot of people will throw them directly 90 degrees at the shore. Or they'll throw them down current and reel them back up. Well, how many times have you seen these tiny bait fish swip, swimming up current? They, they typically don't because they're trying to save energy. They're not strong enough to do it. I, with my kayak, I float backwards. So my tail end is going down current and I'm usually at like a 45 degree angle at the, you know, towards the shore. Mm -hmm. I cast up into, and I look for pockets. And that's a good thing about spinner baits versus crank baits is you can cast them into pockets or even up on the bank or on the rocks and just kind of drag it into the water like it's na a natural creature flopping into the water mm -hmm. then reel it back down current towards me because that's more of a, a natural you know bait fish pattern and that has been just obscenely successful for me versus just a, the straight 90 degree or down current cast okay uh, that was going to be uh, definitely one of my questions too because um the times where i've thrown it is usually when I'm heading back upstream. And mm -hmm. so um, I'll have to try it uh, next time on the float down instead of mm -hmm. uh, going back to the launch. Because usually I'll fish what I know going right. down. And then on the way back up, I'll mm -hmm. be like, oh, well, I, you know, if that's not working, let me try this. And right. so that might be uh, part of uh, definitely what I, uh, that might uh, get me a few more bites. So. Well, and... <sighs> Other than that, the main thing that I've seen is just people just randomly cast spinnerbaits. Spinnerbaits don't snag up as much as crankbaits. Obviously, you have, you know, five less hooks. Um, but you've got to cast them in ambush spots. Like you, you mentioned the bubbles before to me about your, your buddy, you know, the little eddies, especially if you're in moving water or if you see a couple of rocks in a V, you cast, like get... Even if I, I actually used to practice in my front yard when I started using spinner baits, I'd cast into like a coffee can. Like I want to be able to pitch and flip right into a coffee can. But I, I mean, I can hit pretty regularly a target, you know, about a foot diameter with my spinner bait and my spinner bait rod because I know them so well. But I've had so many fish on the river where you're like, oh, that is a money spot right there. I see a little eddy. There's probably a fish hanging out, getting a break, waiting for some bait fish to float by. Float by. You cast it in that spot, even on a lake, and as soon as it hits the water, just bam, they, they grab it, especially if you're shallow. Interesting. I, I never thought of it as like a, I don't want to say as a, like a flipping bait, but where you're actually, like I would always think, oh, with a spinner bait, I'm going to have to cast up past that and have it run by it. Nope. Nope, not it. It's like a jig. It's a jig with blades, right? I mean, you'll you'll pitch and flip a jig. Why not do it with spinner base? It's just shinier, right? I mean, I have 
I, I still pet cast past in some situations, especially in a lake, but 95% of the time when I'm casting a spinner bait, and that's what I notice people have a hard time with, they assume you cast past. No, cast in the spot between the fluttering of the skirt, the colors and the blades and the noise. Most of my big fish have been on that hit as soon as it hits the water. Hmm. Interesting. That, mm-hmm. that is definitely something that I've been doing wrong then because I always assumed <laughs> that, uh, you know, uh, I should be running it by that spot instead of dropping it into the spot. So, um, yeah. that's, that's interesting. I'm, uh, looking forward to giving that a try. Cause, uh, mm-hmm. I've gotten pretty good at, at, at doing that with jigs and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and so, uh, I will definitely have to give that a try. And I would think that would help um, maybe a little more weight, you know, maybe the half ounce instead of like yes. a three eighths or something, because, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to hit that spot and not blow through it quick, you know? It, exactly. It'll sink down a little bit before, especially if you're in shallower, if you're in cover, you got to start reeling right away so you don't get snagged up, but it'll sink down just enough. I mean, I, I've gotten to the point where I got so used to casting these, this particular spinner bait that I can actually flip it into a spot and make it so it, it doesn't even make a splash. It's just a little plop, um, I, which is weird because I found sometimes a splash gets the fish excited and they go grab it. Like sometimes in the fall when they're trying to feed up or sometimes if it's quieter, I kind of mix even the cast technique up because if it's quieter, I, I've had it when it's louder, they grab it or sometimes it's louder, they spook. If they spook, mm-hmm. then I try to be quieter about it and kind of, finesse drop it in but either way i'd i i'm i tell people worry more about placement of the cast than you know how it's landing in the water placement of the cast and your retrieval you got to do some kind of you know flip to get that skirt and those blades to pulsate like bait fish would gotcha gotcha okay um and uh, let's talk a little bit about setup here i know uh you said uh you're running like a medium uh bait caster with a, uh, you know, depending on the season, your reel speed is different, but uh 50 mm-hmm. pound braid, like straight braid or like yep. braid a liter or, okay. No, straight braid. So the rod I have is a six and a half foot medium, which, you know, there's no, you know, standards and what that means. But I kind of, I played around with some rods over the years. I, I build my own rods now when I have time. And I kind of found one that I really like where it's got a stiff backbone but the tip has enough sensitivity where I can feel all those braid rotate or that blade rotation. And then as far as the, the, the line goes, I run straight braid on everything I use because I'm in muddy water. Um, I have leader material. I don't know that I've used it for anything other than ice fishing, (laughs) um, for my tip up leaders, but I don't use anything other than braid except I do have a finesse spinning rod that I'll use if I decide to throw wacky or something that's, you know, floral mono, but yeah, straight braid because we have up here, it's muddy water and you've got pike and gar and stuff like that. So I'll throw it out there and as long, and I don't even use a steel leader when I'm in pike waters, because as long as you're keeping that spinner bait moving and you're not going too slow, the pike will never, break your line they'll they'll end up hitting the side of it like pike do but they'll end up hitting the hook i other than when i let it set too long i've never lost a spinner bait to a pike with and i don't use steel leaders okay okay 
So that that definitely, you know, the straight braid, while that might work where you where you have muddy water, I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm curious how how that translates to places with uh clear water now. Like the lakes that I fish, I got like a foot of visibility. It's very it's not mm-hmm. it's not clear at all. And there's definitely times where uh the river, the Susquehanna by me is not clear, but like right now it is cr- really clear. Like I can see five feet. Um, oh wow so yeah i would i would do a floral leader then if i were in clear water the only time that our water is clear up here is like maybe first ice out but then as soon as we get run off from the melt and the rain all the cow manure and pesticides running <laughs> the waterways and it's all mud <laughs> we so just uh, we, we just had uh my local uh uh river keeper on talking about runoff and all that mm-hmm. fun stuff so it's interesting yeah. that you mentioned that but uh and we do have that here uh and and there's definitely times uh you know after rains where you know uh the susquehanna is chocolate milk uh you oh, know yeah. but um but right now it, it's been well this has been a low year for rain um and a low year historically low for the susquehanna river um but uh for whatever reason right now uh it is definitely clearer than normal like there's definitely times um throughout the year where it isn't like that and mm. and that's why I, I remember uh talking to uh juan Verut about this color and he that's why you know he always said black was great for the contrast mm-hmm. especially in muddy water um yes but um but yeah so that's that's um I would think I could probably get away with it on the lake though, because like I said, I, you know, it's six inches to a foot of the kind of, it's not necessarily Brown, but it's green and, you know, uh, well, that's what happens here is if it's not Brown it's green from like pollen and stuff, I mean, it's never really clear, clear during open water fishing. And so, and I'm glad you mentioned the black because like, the fire tiger is my favorite because it's got the green, yellow, orange, and it's kind of a Swiss army knife. If, if I'm having problems with that, I will switch to a black. That's my second go-to. Um, my third go-to is white. I'm just, again, just looking for contrast. But then my nothing else is working is the James Gang one here made in Eau Claire because they have this bluegill color and it's got like, I don't know where they get it, but it's got these gorgeous, like, it looks like a bluegill. And it's got, yeah, you can't see it in the the video here, but it's got sparkles in it. So if these other colors aren't working, you throw that on and it's something that, you know, the the guy and his son make it in their house. It's not something the fish see often. So it's something different. Okay. It works. Yeah. Well, I know, um, I fished the, uh, Hobie event here on the Susquehanna this year mm-hmm. and, um, I had, you know, some of the best anglers in the country float by me and a, a lot of them, I don't want to say all of them, but a lot of them were throwing a white spinnerbait and mm-hmm. that kind of got me. I'm like, okay, if the best people mm-hmm. in the world are here yeah. uh, fishing and they're throwing a white <laughs> spinnerbait, maybe that's something I should check out. <laughs> well, my cousin, he, he's done a lot of guiding. He's a little older than me. He's, you know, more seasoned. He used to do uh, glitter rocket uh, tournaments in his bass boat. He always told me, I don't know why you're throwing that fire tiger. Throw a white buzz bait, throw a white spinner bait up here. And I went down the St. Croix River with him and it worked well. I just, for some reason, the fire tiger for me, where I'm at, works better. But I, I tell people, if you don't, if you're getting into spinner baits, get something that's like a, a, a chartreuse fire tiger 
get a black mm-hmm. and get a white switch them up see which one works better and then buy more of those <laughs> no no that makes a lot of sense and uh like i like like i was saying to you earlier the jody mcqueen color that he told me mm-hmm. is mouse it's like yep. the silver with like black stripes in it but yeah i definitely have the the uh now this one is uh dan perry one of the other uh hosts on uh paddle and finn got this for me uh dirt for our christmas exchange he swears by the the orange blade on this one ah, okay um, i have a couple he got me a couple different sizes too and mm-hmm. um so but that one covers the chartreuse um i have a bunch of them uh, i have the black one um i have this one i was going to ask you about when is more blades better this one has like four willow 45 blades yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I don't know. I, f- I fish with Chang Lore a lot. He's a fellow Feel Free Fishing Team member. Um, he is a phenomenal fisherman. He He's worlds beyond me. Like, if he gets skunked, I don't feel so bad that I got skunked <laughs> in one of those situations. He's had some of those spinner baits that have a ton of blades or the buzz baits that have three or four blades. I haven't seen any difference other than they catch more weeds. Um, gotcha. That's kind of why I like the willow colorado combo because the bigger colorado kind of makes more of a thump but then the willow behind it adds vibration but that colorado kind of keeps the willow from getting weeded up whereas my double willows tend to get more weeds because they're they're thinner they go through more so i mean not to say more blades might not work i just you know after seeing him use it i just like ah, i'll stick i'll stick with the three dollar northland tackle because you know they're cheap they hold up they work so right right now uh, speaking of grass now I, the spinnerbait was uh you know i've heard people bill it as you know really good for coming through grass that has not been my experience as much but we have like that celery grass that breaks mm-hmm. off on everything you know yeah uh, in the susquehanna so um i was curious about that do you are are, are you pulling it through the grass you're running it above the grass or you know uh, if you have grass yeah, usually, usually what I'll do is I'll try to run it above if if I can. If the fish aren't biting, I will run it through, but it is more painful because what you end up having to do once you get used to the feel of the spinner bait, like I mentioned before, is you can run it through grass, but you're gonna have to do a lot more instead of the the handle flips, you're gonna have to do tip jerks because it's just like a crankbait, right? You're running crankbait through grass, and um, some people when I started crankbait, I'm like it's terrible for grass. They're like, no just run it through, but you're going to have to keep ripping it, rip it mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. So you have to rip it through with the spinner baits. If it's still painful, I'll actually switch to a uh, inline spinner. Um, James gang that has that, the spinner bait I showed you, they have an inline spinner called the lover tail two. If I'm in too thick a grass for a, a traditional spinner bait, I'll run their inline spitter because it has a huge Colorado blade on it and an amazing trailer on it. That's the only time I use a trailer on a spinner bait and a skirt with crazy action. And you could just rip that right through the grass with, with ease. So it, it's kind of a delicate balance because it, it's just ripping it like you do a crankbait, but there's times where it's too bad. And I'm like, I just, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. You can only clear off your hook so many times. Exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. But I, uh... That was that was one of the things that threw me when I first started throwing the lipless too. Um, and I went, uh, mm-hmm. I, I talked to a guy at our local tackle store, and I went back to him. and I was like, oh, I'm struggling with this. 
um, I'm getting snagged in the grass left and right. He's like, Oh, are you ripping it through? I was like, what do you mean ripping it through? He's like, Oh, when you, as soon as you feel it snag up, just really yank it hard. And you know, just keep pop, pop. He's like, you're going to, yeah. your arm's going to be tired, but yeah. he's like, it'll clean itself off and you won't be pulling back a chunk of weeds every time. And um, exactly. You just have to be careful. Cause I've had this happen. Let me pull mine up here. After you do that so many times, you'll tend to get buildup on the swivel here and where it pivots here. So every two casts or, or once you get used to it and you kind of feel, you know, this is, if you feel the thump th slow down, I'll go and the, there'll be some kind of a uh, hair sized weed in there. You just pull that out, cast it out and off you go. Yeah, no. And I, I've just been dealing with that. I've been throwing, um, the whopper plopper a little bit more now, uh, just for top water in the fall. And, um, but the grass, a lot of the grass is dying and then starting to float down river. So it's on the top. And, uh, so it'll be plop, plop, plop. Uh, nope. I'm just dragging it. I got it. Yeah, exactly. So same thing, but, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. Uh, but like you said, once you get that feel for it and you, you'll know right. as soon as it stops, then that was going to be, uh, one of my other questions is, you know, as far as detecting bites, is it one like almost like a, like a jackhammer where if you stop feeling the vibration, it's either something's on the blade or mm -hmm. a fish has it. Yeah. So spinner baits a little different. Um, it's not as pronounced of a vibration as like a, a chatter bait. If you, if you feel no change in the reel, other than the vibration stops, you have a snag or weeds. The, with a spinner bait, because there's such a big profile and, and they mimic bait fish, typically a bass will hit it from behind and you'll they'll tug. They'll grab it and try to go the other way. So you it's a very pronounced bite and your, your rod tip will just go down. A pike, what they'll do is they'll hit it from the side. It's a more aggressive hit, but they'll hit it from the side to try to knock it out and then hit it from the back. So when I feel, it, it's just crazy how I can do this because I've used it so much, but when I feel the bait kind of move, I'll, I'll hesitate a second because I know it's a pike going to grab it, but it's a very, like you, and that's why I use it for guiding. You can't, it's not like a frog where you have to, you know, be very patient and count of three and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> Spinner bait, they hit it. It's, it's very similar to a crankbait, honestly, okay. Okay. having gotten used to those. It, it's very pronounced hit. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And then I, you know, with the crankbait, I've gotten used to when I feel that weight, you know, unless it's the, mm -hmm. the kind of the grass tug, but um, mm -hmm. now I do, I still do hook set on a lot of rocks. Um, with oh the yeah. Bait, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Especially on a slow day. Like, oh, I tell the wife, I missed a huge one. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay. Um, so I'm trying to think what, what else didn't we cover? We, we talked a little bit about colors. We talked about blades, weight, um line choice um you said you mentioned some like the smaller ones the the single bladed colorado you will throw on spinning or you'll have yes. your clients your clients would throw on spinning yeah so that's what i recommend it's um northland tackle makes the ones that i use just because you know they're inexpensive you can get them at fleet farm or where you know wherever bass pro cabela's for pretty cheap i think they're like three bucks maybe I can't remember. Well, these days are probably a hundred, but uh, <laughs> with the supply chain stuff, but oh, yeah. they're, they're, they're relatively inexpensive, but this is the reed runner. Whereas the reed runner two has the dual blades. This one, if you're on spinning gear, even if you have like 30, 20 pound braid, 
your forearm is going to get a workout just because of the physics of how the spinning gear winds. Whereas if you're wanting to get into spinning baits and you're not into bait casting, you know, this is the way to go or a single willow, single blade of anything will be good. Um, I like the Colorado because it does get off, like you had mentioned, more thump than a willow. But these are just called the reed runners, whereas the reed runner twos have two blades. But I, I tell people get like a fire tiger chartreuse color, get a black, get a white, switch them up, you know, use the tips I said, it's all about casting placement and then tweaking the, the handle to get that pulse pulsating in the blade and the skirt, see what works for you. And I've actually converted quite a few folks to uh, spinnerbait that way, especially well, in muddy for, waters up here. Yeah, no, that for sure. I'm, I would think that that would be a, a excellent uh, application for it because mm -hmm. it, it's all about flash and vibration and in yep. the muddy water, that's, that's pretty much going to be the ticket. I would mm -hmm. think. Yep. Awesome. exactly because and, and it's a good compromise up here because i know some people have those umbrella rigs and stuff like that and it's just those with spinning gear are just a bear they're expensive Ugh. there's legality issues especially up here because you can only have like three hooks three hooks what it is yeah yeah so these are like a good compromise that you can still toss on spinning gear they only cost you a few bucks if you want to buy a 20 dollars tungsten one by all means more power to you but the the cheaper ones do do the trick for me yeah and, and i guess the if you were if you were going to go tungsten the only thing would be that the weight is smaller but if you're looking for a bigger like you said a bigger profile then you don't mm -hmm. necessarily want smaller i would think well what's interesting i haven't researched them in a while but what's interesting is i think the tungstens just have a tungsten wire but they still have lead up here for the weight or they might mm. have I can't remember, but it still had a decent profile. The main thing was a wire. Instead of being steel, it was more, you know, it was supposed to hold up longer, but the guy I was out with got it snagged in a tree in a river, couldn't get back to it. And um, 50 pound braid snapping is sounds like a gunshot. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and even if you, if you, I'd be worried about it coming back at you too. Well, it, exactly. Point. Exactly. That's why I just stick, I stick with these. I mean, I do. There's some other brands I do use. I do like, but my go-to, especially guiding, I don't want, you know, people that don't know what they're doing, holding a spinning reel upside down, <laughs> throwing a $15 spinner bait. Like here's the, the $3 one and it works really well. No, no, I could definitely understand, but uh, heck, I mean, for three bucks, there's not many baits out there anymore no. that, that you can get for three bucks and it'd be exactly. something that's your go-to. That exactly yeah and i don't i haven't looked at what the price is lately because i have like a hundred of them that i stocked up on years ago but yeah they're they're not terribly expensive i've actually used the walmart ones too um at one time they used to be like a buck okay. um, the only the only problem those worked well those did actually work well the only problem i had is the skirts and the rubber bands that hold the skirts on are really low quality I mean, it's a dollar spinnerbait um and they would eventually just get dry rotted and then the skirts would just fall off and then I'd have to replace the skirt. But, uh, you know, at that point, I may as well spend two bucks more for one that I don't have to do that on. So, right, right. Uh, that That's another good question that um, that you uh, do you do any skirt modification? Like I know like this this one has like the the part mm -hmm. of the skirt that's longer. Like do you trim up part of the skirt or you just you fish them stock? You pretty much you said, right? I, I fish them stock. However, I mean. My longest one is the James Gang one. It's similar to yours, but I think he trims them. 
Because that one that you have, I'd probably trim it up because I yeah. Just this like, one is a, a KVD, and it is really a lot longer. Yeah, that's quite a bit longer. I would probably run it like that just for more action. But if I was getting short hit, I would probably trim that skirt up. Just you know, on my frog episode, I mentioned that like I I always trim the frog skirts because otherwise your fish will just hit the skirt. Right. Um, I haven't had that issue on spinner baits, and I actually my favorite buzz bait is actually the the strike master the kvd ones because they have the clapper on them and i haven't modified those skirts and i think it's the same skirt but but then before actually before i would modify the skirt i would actually just put a trailer hook on it at that gotcha. point if gotcha. i was getting short hit just if so i don't mess like with the action were, yeah right, right right yeah cool um i'm just looking here anything else i have a couple of funky ones like the usuri one that has the ball on it have you seen that one no, I haven't. It hasn't uh, caught me anything extra, so it's just. I think I. <laughs> I think cool. that was one of those um, uh, tackle box things. It's just. Oh, a ball. the yeah. Okay. Instead of a instead of a blade, it's a it's like hmm. this plastic ball, but uh, and I think that's. I don't have anything too old. I have some really old ones from like uh, a but like a a guy from our church can't couldn't fish anymore, so he gave me his hmm. tackle box, and I have some ancient oh, nice. ones but uh <laughs> that like like this one the the square oh yeah uh, i'm like i don't even know how old this is but it that's crazy so see but... in that ball one would be interesting because one thing i forgot to mention is like if i'm casting and you know hitting those ambush spots like you do a jig like we talked about and it keeps just spooking fish away i would i would actually switch to the single blade colorado in that case because it's whatever i'm tossing they're too sketchy they're too big that ball might actually work because it'd probably be a little quieter entering the water. It just... would be, but this the head on this is ginormous, so I don't know why uh, <laughs> it's like really heavy. Um, that's crazy. Yeah, again, huh. that was like one of those uh, mystery tackle box. Like I got, you know, <laughs> somebody uh, just say, "Hey, I have a good idea." <laughs> yeah, the same with this. I mean, that's I. I don't know that I would normally buy one with four on it, but four, right. Yeah, I think that's where Chang might have got his, but. He had good luck with those those that he got out of those boxes that had like the buzz baits that had like two or three or four blades on them because it made more noise. Okay. But the the willows, you know, that many blades, I think it just get caught in more grass and stuff. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um. All right, man. Well, again, um, wanted to give you a chance to shout out. Uh, if if you want folks to find you, where can they find you? Yeah, so they can find me. Um, I have uh, Instagram, Facebook, Small Craft Fisherman. Um, I haven't, I was blogging. I just haven't a lot lately because I've been so busy with family and life shenanigans. But Small Craft Fisherman on Instagram, Facebook's where you can reach me. Um, I'm part of the Feel Free Fishing Team and the Bending Branches Fishing Team. So you can kind of see me in those groups or I'm a moderator for the Feel Free Owners page. So yeah, if you have any questions, it's info at smallcraftfisherman.com. Awesome. Well, I will make sure um, after we uh, stop recording, just hang out a little bit. I'll get, sure. uh, I want to get links uh, to all that good stuff to include cool. in the show notes. But um, yeah, yeah, cool. Um, and uh, you mentioned, you know, your sponsors, you feel free. Um, and Benny Branches, anybody else yep. that you wanted to give a shout out? Um, actually, yeah, Northland Tackle. Um, so I, I, bought tons of Northland tackle before I was actually sponsored by them or on their pro staff. Uh, but then I'm like, Hey, I love you guys. Can I you know, 
get on your staff and get a discount. Yeah. <laughs> they, they took me on. Um, but yeah, those are my, my three big ones right now. Awesome. All right, man. Well, like I said, uh, we'll, we'll include, uh, for, for the folks listening, um, be sure and check out the show notes. We'll, I'll provide links to the baits that we talked about and, um, also, you know, just where you can find Tyler online as well. So, um, Tyler, again, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, Tons of great information. I am uh, psyched to get out and try this uh, phenomenon that is uh, small or small or spinner baits in the fall. So uh, I still have some fall left, and uh, so I'm gonna see if I can make that work. Uh, Heck and, yeah! Heck yeah! All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for listening tonight. Uh, this has been another episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs, where we bring you the techniques, the tricks, and the tips to help you rip more lips. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Fin. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddle and fin. Don't forget to check out the website paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures, your Midwest premier paddle sports destination, go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina, the beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. And Jig Masters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today.